T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, happy Tuesday. We're rolling along here on WGR. Phone calls at 803-0550. It's me and you today. And Tuesday Tears, which will be coming up at 11 o'clock, we'll hear a little bit from Joe Brady a little bit later on in the program as well. So line them up. What went well for the Bills on Sunday against the Jets? A little bit of a debate on how well it went from some stat people on Sunday, but I thought it went great for the Bills. 32-6 to over the Jets is an incredible result. And I want to pair it with the thought I had from last night's game as well, but stay dry today. I'm looking out the window right now, it is rainy, it is cold out, and the weather is probably going to be pretty rough from here on out. The snow event that we had talked about in passing with Pat Hammer and just in, in general here on the station, that was maybe going to happen this weekend, maybe not going to happen this weekend. Looks like it's not going to happen this weekend. So your Thanksgiving shouldn't be at least... Uh, at least snow-filled. 803-0550 is the phone number. We'll get connected with you on the Bills win on Sunday. The Monday night game last night is has got me thinking about the Bills' next two games because, I mean, obviously, those were the two teams playing last night that the Bills will play next. Eagles this Sunday, bye week, then at Arrowhead. Both of those games on the road. And... What you saw last night is that, yeah, offense is down in the league a little bit, and one of the reasons is a game like that. The top teams that have had elite offenses, well, they also have great defenses. And we saw more great defensive plays yesterday than we saw offensive plays. I mean, Chris Jones was in the Eagles' backfield all night getting after Jalen Hurts. Third downs, the Eagles couldn't get a drive going because Jones or Karloftis or whoever it was on that Chiefs defensive line was just getting after Jalen Hurts. So you've got two teams last night that are the Bills' next two opponents, and on paper, they are the hardest games left. Dallas is right there. I mean, Dallas is on the same level too. But those two games coming up are on the road. The Bills will be underdogs in those games for sure. 
In fact, the line obviously would be out on Bills and Eagles, and I have not looked at it yet this week, but I'd imagine it's around three, three or so, three and a half. The Bills are a three and a half point underdog at Philadelphia Sunday at 425. What I this is why Sunday's game was so important for me. The Bills put up 32 points on an elite Jets defense that has not let anybody all season put up that point total. Dallas came close. Dallas got into the 30s, the low 30s on the Jets. So they did it. But that's it. Two games all year. Anyone's looked like that against that Jets defense. It's a great performance. And, yeah, okay, I got uh, Steven Ruiz from The Ringer who's pointing out that actually their success rate in that game was a lot lower than others. But you know what the Bills did? Screw success rate, EPA, all the efficiency stats, the consistency stats, over-talked about, overused in my opinion, because the Bills got explosive plays. They got big pass plays. One of which was down the field to Khalil Shakir, 25 yards, up the seam. Not quite the rainbow over the top, but it works. Got into the open field and he scores. And Ty Johnson on the other, it's a great play call, it's a great play design, it's a great go for it call in the first place by Sean McDermott, fourth and one, put the game out of hand in the third quarter. And then Johnson's got the speed to score there. The Bills got 14 points off two giant plays. That didn't have to happen. I mean, Allen, the mantra all week that I was resisting against was take what's given, conservative, simple style, and I just never think your quarterback, this quarterback, is going to do that. So what happened on that play? James Cook's open 10 yards on the right. Allen's got a safe throw to him if he wants it, but instead... He tries to rocket it into Khalil Shakir, and it works. And it's a great that's a great play design to get him open. That's a great play design, or a great throw by Allen as well. And then Shakir and Kincaid do the rest. Kincaid took three jets out with a block, and then Shakir's able to score. That counts. So what really is valuable? The Bills getting... I mean, because for six games, you know, their numbers looked pretty good, but... We all saw what was happening. It's not a big mystery. They would get six, seven yards here, and then they would get a a, a second and two, three-yard run that would get the first down, and boom, there you go, 100% success rate. And now i got to go 60 more yards. They did not get big chunks. At least in comparison to the rest of the league, they were near the bottom. They were at the same rate as the Jets with a quarterback that probably is never going to see the field again in the NFL, in Zach Wilson. The Bills got big plays against a defense that doesn't let that happen. And here come two games against top defenses that have sufficient offenses, if not still elite offenses. I don't know about Kansas City for that. I mean, look at some of the numbers. Mahomes, Mahomes only has 18 touchdowns on the year. He has... 11 turnovers. That's not a Mahomes stat line. 18 total touchdowns and 11 turnovers. And the receiving stats, I mean, holy cow, 26 drops by the Chiefs this year. 
Marquez Valdez Scantling, the new poster child for that. Touchdown at the end of the game is right there for him. Mahomes drops it in the bread basket. He's moving fast, and it's a little out in front of him. But if you're an if you're an NFL wide receiver, or hell, a Division two wide receiver, you got to make that catch. But he didn't, and now the Chiefs have twenty six drops from receivers on the year, and two primetime games that we all can remember now. Two wins lost because they don't have a good wide receiver core. Week one, they only lost week one against the Lions because Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore couldn't catch the football. Mahomes was putting it right on them. The Lions got to pick six off it. And then this game last night, they only lose that football game because Valdez Scantling drops a touchdown. They could be 9-1 and one that easily. And again, it's not... An anomaly, 26 drops, tied for the most in NFL history through 10 games. 26 drops, I mean, think about that. Mahomes with 26 more completions, how many yards is that? I mean, the Valdez-Scantling play last night is 70, isn't it, or 60? I mean, you have another, what, do you have another 500 yards? No, that's too much. What, do you have another 300 yards? Their offense is not the same old Chiefs offense. They have really struggled to find a consistent secondary option to Travis Kelsey. And I like the rookie, Rasheed Rice. Um, But, man, you can only rely so much on a second-round rookie receiver. And they're doing it, you know, about as much as they can. They probably should be doing it more. If If you really look at it, they probably should be doing it more. I mean, he's getting his five targets, but he's their best wide receiver. But look at the Chiefs' offense. 17 points against the Eagles. 21 points against the Dolphins. Scratch that. 14 points against the Dolphins. Remember, they got seven of those on a pick six. Nine points against the Broncos. Man, I mean, 31 against the Chargers. That's a nice day. 19 against the Broncos. 23 against the Jets. I mean, in the last month, month and a half, All of the things we've talked about being wrong with the Bills' offense has also been wrong with the Chiefs' offense. The difference is, maybe between the two teams and their record, has nothing to do with the offenses. Both teams are turning the ball over. I mean, Allen, for as much as it gets pointed out, his turnovers, he's got 15 turnovers in the year and Mahomes is 11. It's more, but it's not like it's substantially more where it's this giant difference like you hear about. The big difference in their records, why is there a two-game difference? I mean, it probably is the defense. And I'll, I'll be here to defend the Bills' defense. I mean, I think they are doing everything they can to keep these point totals down. But it is funny. Like, these two teams, the Chiefs and the Bills, they're the only two teams in the National Football League that have not allowed 30 points. No, there are only two teams. The results in what got them there do, though, look different. I mean, the Chiefs... They very often don't even let you get to 20. I mean, the Eagles barely got there last night with 21. The Dolphins at 14. The Chargers at 17. The Broncos before that at 8. I mean, they do not let teams score on them. As much as the Jets are an elite defense, the Chiefs are pretty close. And then, before that, the Eagles. 
There's the Eagles last night. Again, everyone's kind of doing this to the Chiefs, but they held them to 17. They were getting pressure. They were holding it together in the secondary. Kevin Byard had a great interception, which made up for a lackadaisical coverage in the red zone that caused a touchdown. Like The secondary looks better. So Philadelphia's got a top defense. Kansas City's got a top defense. This is why Sunday was so important for me against the Jets. The Bills proved to me that the way that they're going to have to win, it's in there. We all know, we've known for a month how the Bills are going to have to win games. And actually, it maybe was overstated because it became, as Jones went down, Milano went down, and White went down, this offense is going to have to be the best in football. If they want to win the Super Bowl, if they want to get to deep in the playoffs, hell, now if they want to make the playoffs, the offense is going to have to score big. Now, that actually hasn't come as much to fruition. Really, they just had to score, you know, they had to be pretty good on offense, and they would have won these games. Because the defense, as I mentioned, three points in the second half against Cincinnati gave them every chance they could to win that football game. I mean, the Denver game. Yeah, they drive late, but they played great defensively against the Broncos. 22 points. That could have very easily been, I mean, if Cortland Sutton's foot is one inch to the right, then it's it's 18. Or it's lower than that. It's 15. And again, I don't want to do too much of the, if his foot was one inch this way or that way, that's football, right? Like, you could you could do a million of those back the other way that would say, well, if you did this, then the Bills gave up 30, and now is it a good defensive game? I, I get it. All I'm saying is the defense has done its job. With all the injuries, they've done its job. They've held it together. They are not getting blown out because they can't stop the other offense. They give up yards, but they don't let teams in the end zone. But can you do that against the Eagles and the Chiefs? And, you know, you watch that game last night, you might be more optimistic. You could, I think you could look at the defense in a more of an optimistic view. Because, hey, like, as much as Tredavious White was back to fo- getting back to form and looked great, Rasul Douglas looks pretty good. So I got White out and Douglas in. Okay, maybe I haven't completely filled that void, but I've done a lot. I've filled a lot of it, I think. And, you know, here comes Linval Joseph, and Ed Oliver's playing great. So Daquan Jones is a great player, and same thing. I don't think they filled that void, but they've helped it along, and maybe they're in a respectable place now. Milano's the one you're not going to replace. They're trying. Poyer's moving up down there a little bit. And they're moving Dorian Williams in and out there. Milano is the one guy you're just you're just not going to replace. It's just not going to happen. But I refuse to believe that this Bills defense was a Matt Milano injury away from going from one of the best defenses in football to one of the worst defenses in football. What's ended up happening here is probably what was always most likely. And they're going to end up being a middle-of-the-pack defense. Right around the middle. And that's what they're playing like. You know, they're giving up. They're, they're, they're shutting down Zach Wilson, as everybody does. So they're doing the job there. They are limiting the Broncos. 22 points. That's doing the job. 24 against the Bengals. That's doing the job. They're, they're holding it together. But again, all that too, will they do that against the Eagles and the Chiefs? You can be more optimistic last night, but there's a good chance they won't. 
And if they won't, you needed proof. Because I didn't have it. I don't think anybody had it. You needed proof that this defense could, this offense, excuse me, could go against a top-level defense and have a good day, have a great day. Because they've they've not been putting up points on bad defenses. I mean, the Giant game and the Tampa game started to slow down. And after I mean, compared to other teams, I mean, Houston put up forty on Tampa. The Bengal game. I mean, Denver repeatedly for a month, more than a month, even against bad defenses, their offense couldn't put up the necessary games to win. Here come the Eagles and the Chiefs. You gotta have that jet game. But now we've seen them do it, and maybe the coordinator is a part of that. I tend to think it is. Some numbers on that to get to in a little bit. On the differences between Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady, there are a lot of them, and there's one in particular that I want to point out as well, as I think really helped along the Bills' offense. I just think they needed to prove... Because I, you were running out of evidence. You didn't have any recent evidence that they could do what they did to the Jets. Because they're going to have to do that to the Eagles. They're going to have to do that to the Chiefs if they want to win those football games. That is their ticket to the playoffs. Do your best on defense. That's that's it. Do your best. you got to have that game against the Jets against these top teams. You have to. It's the only way they're going to get in. 8030550 is the phone number. Some to around the conference stuff as well in a little bit. But let's uh, go to your phone phone calls. 8030550. Josh in Buffalo is next up. What's up, Josh? Hey, not much, man. Not much. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm sure you remember back in, I don't know, like the mid to late 90s, uh, NBA Jam. And on the NBA Jam home screen, they would have two players and they would rate them as far as like shooting, passing, defense, et cetera, et cetera. And my wife bought me a Josh Allen Stefan Diggs shirt, just like the NBA Jam shirt yep. or screen for Christmas two years ago now. So if you look at Allen's rating on the shirt, it shows like speed is really high, throwing accuracy really high, throwing power is really high. But the very last category on there is football IQ, and it's actually lower than all of his other categories. And I noticed this, I don't know, we'll call it six, eight months ago now. And ever since then, I've, every time I watch the games, I think about just his situational awareness as a football player when it's, you know, third and 10 from the 30, and the last thing you can do is take a sack. What happens he takes a sack? You know, when was the last time you saw Allen ever audible out of a bad play and audible into a good play? Well, he does, you know, he he does that. All these- he does that week. In fact, the James Cook touchdown was him calling that play at the line because he had two called plays, and he picked that one. So it happens. I mean, that's great. One out of – yeah, I, I mean, I'll give him that it probably happens every now and then. I mean, I think we're going way too far, though, Josh. I mean, he, he changes protection on a, play, on a play-to-play basis, every play. Like, that, that, that's something – a quarterback decides that at the line. Like, you have – that is him – that's why he's waving the crowd to be quiet because he's talking to his coaches, and then after that communication goes away, now he's talking to his line and his receivers because there's so much pre-snap – stuff that is happening and it's all happening in his head yeah I just I don't you look at somebody like Peyton Manning and I was a huge Colts fan you know when I was in high school and followed Manning's career I mean you would see it on a drive-by-drive basis or 
I've even watched a lot of interviews with Tom Brady where he's broken down film and you know how he able how he was used to or used to get Rob Gronkowski open off of play action passes because he would show the run and then he wouldn't hand off the ball but he would you know play action pass to Gronkowski and I just don't see a lot of high football IQ plays from Allen like you look at Burrow Burrow one two three stop gone one two three four five stop football is gone. But that's just that's just the quick that's just the quick passing game. Like is Mahomes not doing that too? Just because he likes to hold the ball a little bit longer sometimes. Like I I don't know. I think you need to look a little harder, Josh. I don't know what the point is we're trying to make here about the football IQ of Allen. If you want if you want to talk about sometimes he puts the ball in harm's way a little bit too often, let's have that conversation. Because man, I don't think I know. I certainly don't, and I, I try to. I don't have a good enough – no one has a good enough respect maybe for how much the quarterback in the NFL and Allen is doing at the line of scrimmage. I mean, they had one of James Cook long rungs against the Jets. Allen shouts, kill, kill, because he saw something in coverage that he didn't like. He killed it to a run play, and the run play worked. So does he get credit for that or no? I don't know. Like It happens every drive. Every drive. I don't think that's where to pick apart Allen. If you want to tell me he gets in his own head too much and I got to throw the ball down the field now and that's the problem, then then I could see that. But yeah, I'm I'm not on board at all with the football IQ part of this. If anything, again, like protection wise and like awareness, the guy entered the league with an innate ability to feel pressure and to know where it's coming from whether that's pre-snap or post-snap. It's kind of amazing to me that Allen has not taken more sacks for the amount he's held onto the football in his career. That is that football IQ? Because I, I would consider that that. It's just not the thing I'd want to pick apart. Thanks for the call, though, Josh. Let's go to Joe and Chictawaga. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say two points. Well, I wanted to comment on your point about the offense with Kansas City. And uh, Josh Allen, this caller, the call that was just made. Um, Josh Allen, I think a lot of people know this. Sounds like you know it. I I mean, we have an unbelievable talent here. Um, Poor guy's being coached down, in my opinion. Um, But in any event, there aren't many guys in the history of the game that could have made that throw to Shakir the other day. That was – Shakir was open. He was designed open. That was an unbelievable throw. You could not step into it. The fourth and one, that's an unbelievable throw. I think, you know, some of the haters on Josh Allen uh, don't realize, and I don't pretend to know either, but don't realize how difficult some of these throws are. Um, mm-hmm. your, your point with um, Kansas City's offense floundering, I totally agree with you. I feel the difference in that respect is our defense. Uh-huh. They played great the other night against uh, the Jets, but it was the Jets. Um, I just don't feel comfortable that McDermott is going to learn his lesson, and when we need to get a stop, I don't think we can get a stop. That's the difference. Kansas City can can only score 16 or 17 or 21 points and be in the game. Um, we just don't seem to be able to do that. 
Um, there's a couple games this year, Denver, the last one. We left the field. Our offense left the field with the lead, and they could not get a stop. Same thing with New England. So I, I think that's the difference right there. I know our defense is hurting, but, again, I think it's the style McDermott plays, and I don't think we can get uh, a stop when we need it. I think that's the difference. I, thanks, Joe, for the call. I, I don't even disagree with you. I would just want to take it from a different approach. Okay. You can't get the stop you need. That, that to me means don't let don't let your defense have to win you a football game. You never want that to happen. Ever. You never want your de- I mean, how many would you take the ball last conversations have we had over the years about Bills Chiefs and Bills Bengals? So you know, you'd like to not have that be the case where you're talking about that in these games, right? Against the Giants and against the Broncos and against the Patriots. I agree. Like, they have let three, I want to say two bad offenses. The, the Denver's getting back to respectability here, even if they're not great. Two bad and one mediocre offenses. At crunch time, game on the line, they've let them drive the length of the field. Or at least get to the range they needed to be, in Denver's case. Okay, don't let your defense have to win you a football game. I mean, that just goes to my previous point, doesn't it? They're going to have to have that jet game offensively against the Chiefs and against the, the Eagles. They're going to have to because of that. Because your defense is no longer one of the elites of the league, you can't ask them to stop teams especially like this. But to be fair, that was always the case. It was always the case. To me, we have just hit the accelerator on, well, your defense is just going to give up points. That's been every playoff for the last three, four years. How many times have we said, your defense could be as good as you, until you're blue in the face, your defense could be number one. When you play the Chiefs, when you play Mahomes, when you play the Eagles, and this is, isn't as true maybe this year, but in the past it has. When you play those teams, they're just going to get their points. There's only so much you can do. And same goes for these next two games. Again, Bill's defense is a little worse, those offenses a little better, maybe it evens out. Those teams are going to get their points. Whether it's 21 or 28 or 35, they're, you're not holding them to six. So it's up to the Bills' offense to not let that happen. And maybe McDermott taking fourth down decision-making a little bit differently. That might come. That might be a part of this too. But to me, the whole, the whole thing about the next two games and that point is just don't make your defense have to win you a game. That's it. And the only way you do that is by their offense playing the way it did on Sunday. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you when we come back. Jody Biasi, Extra Point Show, Tuesday Tears coming up at 11. This is WGR. Got to enjoy it when we can. Obviously, losing sucks, and we don't want to lose. It's literally is the worst feeling in the world when you're working hard and trusting the process and things. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Things aren't going your way. Sometimes you have a good process and a bad result and it feels terrible and you feel like you need to switch everything, but we really don't. We got to keep coming together as a team, keep fighting, keep playing complimentary football and you know, put our head down and take it week by week. Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Bills win 32-6 to over the New York Jets. Matt Canada has been fired as offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. i got a problem with Adam Schefter's tweet in this. Adam Schefter tweets, it's the first time since 1941 that the Steelers have made an in-season coaching change. And what he writes is that then half-owner... Of the Pittsburgh Steelers, whatever his name is, I don't have it in front of me, fired himself. Burt Bell fired himself. So I guess he was the owner, and he was also a coach at the time, fired himself. That's not a firing. Right? That's not you're not being fired. You're you're quitting. So I don't think Schefter has it. I don't know if anybody has it. Maybe they've never done it. Which really speaks to a couple things. Pittsburgh just stuck in their old ways for eternity and they're finally starting to come out of that they did that with tj watt with the guaranteed money thing like they never would give they had some weird rule like they wouldn't give guaranteed money to a player after the third year and tj watt is looking at him like what are you talking about everyone in the league does this you you have some weird rule from the 60s about this guaranteed money all right fine i'm gonna go to the niners and they caved they said okay well we'll, we'll get with the times a little bit and maybe this is the same thing they should have made this firing seven year or not seven seven weeks ago, but they didn't. Why? Because oh, we're the Steelers and we don't do things like this. Okay, well, congrats. Congrats. Here's seven weeks of terrible offense. I mean, they're six and four. They maybe could have been. Nah, I mean, how much better have they been? Seven and three, eight and two. They're maxing out how good I think they could be right now. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. Okay, back to the Bills. The playoff picture is a part of this, and any conversation about Pittsburgh. That's included here because I think the Pittsburgh spot, the playoff spot currently occupied by the Steelers, is absolutely the most vulnerable to go after if you're the Bills. Let's go to the phones and go to John and Clarence. Hey, John. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. Sure thing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly optimistic guy, okay? Um, my wife would tell you that. Um, I feel like there's a but butt coming here. I will here. tell you. There, there is a but. I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm also a very practical guy. I'm an engineer. I do facts and figures. Um, I do a lot of statistical work. 
Um, the Bills season ended with the Denver loss. It's just that simple. Um, I, I'll, I'll be cheering for them, you know, the next few weeks. Um, but they're going to lose at least, if you asked my opinion, they're going to lose at least one of the next two games. It doesn't matter which one it is, all right? And that will seal the deal. That will be it. But, but technically, I think they lost the season when they lost to Denver. That, that was it. And I saw nothing, nothing last weekend that proved to me that this team is better than any of the other teams uh, that they're going to be playing. Nothing. What What didn't they you like about up, what they did on offense? They, they beat up on a on a on a team uh, that is really not that good. They're overachievers at times. Hold on, hold on, John. They're they're not that good because they have the worst offense in football. That defense does not let anybody do that to them, including the teams you're referencing, That's like Kansas true. City and Philadelphia. That's not true. They they. <laughs> They have six losses, right? Yeah, so they, they've gotten gotten beat. So, but I'm they haven't saying, been they haven't I, been beat because they've been scored on. Look at their losses. Sure. They, they lost sixteen. They have to score more points. Look at right? the so, look at what teams have scored. Have See, John, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go here. The Jets. I mean, I can't. I can't with someone telling me the Jets' defense isn't good because they've have six losses. They lost to the Raiders sixteen to twelve. Don't tell me their defense is isn't great. When you lose a game giving up 16, they lost 15 to 10 to New England earlier in the year. They lost a game where they kept Kansas City down to 23. That's not on the defense. They held the they held the Giants. They lost the they lost, well actually they won that game. But they held the Giants to 10. They held the Eagles to 14. I mean, they're only again, they've had one now they've had two. So in 11 weeks, two teams have had great offensive days against them. Dallas and Buffalo. That's it. And that's where I get to my optimism. So I hear you. Like I'm not even saying you're wrong that the season ended when they lost to Denver. That might be right. That might be the one we look back on and say, that's the one that cost them. Might not be the most embarrassing loss because New England's going to be that one. But when they lost to Denver, that was it. That could be right. So I, I respect that, but I'm not ready to write their obituary because part their schedule's hard, and it's one game out of seven now to me that they've looked great offensively. That's not enough, and they got to prove it more than one week. But they've done it once now, and I don't respect the rest of the conference. That's where my optimism lies. I don't think Pittsburgh is good. I don't think the Colts are good with Gardner Minshew. I don't think the Raiders are good with Aiden O'Connell. I mean, the Browns even. They're 7-3, and three, so they might be too far ahead. But Dorian Thompson-Robinson, they could fall apart very easily with that as their quarterback. They could become the Jets. They could easily become the Jets here, where they start rattling off losses where their defense is giving up no points, but it doesn't matter because their offense can't do anything. That's where my optimism lies. The rest of the conference, I think I think Houston and Jacksonville are going to get in. They're worth mentioning here. Um, I think they'll both get in. But all those other teams, I think they're totally gettable. Let's go to Anthony in New York City. What's up, Anthony? How you doing, Nate? 
Joe, okay, okay. it's Joe. What's up, man? Believe me. I got to hear you crying Jeff fans down here. <laughs> Believe me. I got to hear them. What are we saying? What happened? I live down here. I got to hear these crying Jeff fans every day. Every day I got to hear them crying. Yeah. And what's your point today, Anthony? If we're going to win this game Sunday in Philly, Josh is probably up to audible because that's a very loud crowd down there. Loud and rowdy they get. If we're going to win this game, Josh got to audible a lot of calls probably because they get very loud and rowdy. All right. Th- thanks, Anthony, for the call. I mean, that kind of goes back to that. It's Joe, by the way. That kind of goes back to one of our previous callers about Allen and like IQ. I, I don't know why it's even really coming up today. I, I've got no problems with it. I got no qualms with it, uh, unless again, if we're if we want to have the debate about turnovers, I mean that's on the table. But what are what are we talking about? Audibles? Why? Okay, yeah, loud environment against the Eagles. Is there's this new narrative the Bills can't win on the road because it's harder to make play calls on the road or something? Like why is that? Why am I starting to hear that? Doesn't make any sense. For years, you've never heard that. Maybe what was happening was we're just trying to find excuses for why the team doesn't look right. Maybe that's what was happening. I think that I I think man they just do that jet game again and again and again and you'll give up more points because the other offense is going to be better. You'll still win enough games to get in. Let's go to Mark in West Seneca. What's up, Mark? Hey Joe, how are you doing hey, today? Good. What, good what's Mark. going on with these callers today? I, I'm, I'm... Ah, they're fine. They're fine. You know what happens. <laughs> Got me fired up. Uh, two comments, one about Josh, one about Sean McDermott, which I haven't heard, uh, if you'll allow me. Uh, first of all, Josh, IQ, are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? First of all, the gentleman, uh, does he even know what he's looking at and how much information can he receive from watching a TV screen or even sitting in the crowd at the game he was at the game, uh, game after game with Josh? I mean, there's not a quarterback in the league who is asked to do more for his football team than Josh Allen. That's number one. Number two, um, there's uh, no matter how much of a gunslinger he is, and no matter how much he's doing out there being aggressive and you know over aggressive, whatever, there has to be structure to the offense that he has to be playing within. Otherwise, everything breaks down. And you want to criticize him here, and, and I'm not a, an apologist for Josh. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes he makes poor decisions. Granted, he needs to be criticized for that. But don't criticize him and say it's IQ because he took a sack because he's a guy who never quits on a play, and he's trying to make something happen, and he knows he's the man that's got to make it happen every game. So maybe he sometimes plays overly aggressive, but that's because of the situation and the context that that man is constantly put in, constantly, every single game. When's the last time our uh, Josh Allen looked like he did not have control of the offense, that he did not realize what was going on around him? He knows what's going on. He knows what's being called. So... Uh, that's that. And real quick about Sean McDermott, which I haven't heard. I do, I do hear criticism about, oh, he's taking field goals. He's not being aggressive, this and that, whatever, in the Jets game, and he took those three field goals right away. Think about this. Sean McDermott knew the context of the situation of that game going in. He had an, an offense that's been struggling mightily for a month and a half. He had a brand-new offensive coordinator. He was playing against an elite defense and the last thing he wanted, that, by the way, has owned us, if you can put it any other way, they've owned our offense for, what, four or five games in a row now? So he knew 
that when there were points available, he needed to take them. He needed to make sure that the team was settled down and that they were going to move forward. He did not want to do anything that was going to allow the Jets to think that they could win another game like the opener where our our offense struggles, they keep stopping us, and their defense wins the game for them even though they have a poor offense. So I think he, he did a great job. He made sure that he understood what was going on. He let the team get into a groove, and they moved forward and did what they did. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for being conservative early in that game because it did not play into anything that the Jets were hoping to get momentum from. So thanks, Josh. Joe. Yeah. Thanks for, the, thanks for the call, Mark. Let's uh, go right back to the phones and go to June, Sarah North Park. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Joe. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts. I was looking at Week 12 schedule and looking at some of the games, AFC games. Wanted to make sure in my head, sort of, I had it right on kind of as we push for the playoffs here, who we're looking at. And, you know, I think obviously I'm looking at Jets, you know, to beat the Dolphins. Um, I'm looking at, you know, the Bucks to top the Colts. The games that I'm kind of struggling with are Steelers, Bengals, and then I'm assuming we want the Jags to beat the Texans. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on some of the these Week 12 matchups and you know what the best case scenario is for us. Yeah, Th- thanks for the call. I mean, I love getting into this stuff, and I'll do a little bit of it when we do our Tuesday tiers coming up at 11. But looking quickly at the AFC schedule for this week and really what you want to be rooting for, you. Definitely want the Jets to beat the Dolphins on Black Friday. First year, Black Friday game. It's never happened. This is the first time. Amazon Prime, 3 o'clock Friday. I'm not that optimistic because Tim Boyle is starting a quarterback, and I got more on him in a bit. But you want the Jets to beat the Dolphins, bring the division back down a little bit. You want, you, you've got a Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game. So that is one where I feel pretty comfortable rooting for Cincinnati. Because even though the Bengals are still in this by the standings, and if they won that game, you might feel a temptation to say, oh, Jake Browning is maybe pretty good, and I have to think about the Bengals. I don't think so. I think they can win a low-scoring game against Pittsburgh that doesn't scare me into thinking the Bengals are going to come take my spot. So you want the Bengals to beat the Steelers, I think for sure. You want the Jaguars to beat the Texans. You'd rather have one of those teams run away with the AFC South, kick the Texans back down. Denver and Cleveland. That's one I might need a second with. I don't know, actually. And then Baltimore and L.A. is the Sunday night game, and you want the Ravens to beat the Chargers because they're running away with the North anyway. You have no point of you know trying to catch them. Um, but the Chargers are one game, or is it a game and a half, behind the Bills? And, you know, with Justin Herbert, they're a threat. So you want the Ravens to win there. Give me a minute, though, with Browns and Broncos. That's a 7-3 and team versus a 5-5 and team. Denver's got a tiebreaker on you. Cleveland, though, has a backup quarterback in. I mean, they could collapse. I'll plug that into the machine. I'll, I'll, Ty goes to uh, who's going to have the better odds. So come back to see who has the better odds for that game. Uh, and if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you when we come back as well. So responding more to Sarah's call on... Uh, things you're rooting for, and then Tuesday tiers coming up at 11. Stay tuned. This is WGR. You know, I had homework in the break, and I forgot to do it. I'm supposed to look at the New York Times playoff machine and answer Sarah's question. Who do we want to win between the Browns and the Broncos on Sunday? All right, while I do that, 
Let's take a phone call. Dan in Niagara Falls is next up. Getting connected with our fans brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online, northtownkia.com. What's up, Dan? Hi there. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, I think we're coming together at the perfect time. I think everything is going to be totally fine. With Joe Burrow out for the year, the AFC is absolutely wide open. I don't think there could be a better time for us to go on a little hot streak. I understand we've got a tough couple opponents coming up. But if we can win those games, we're primed to go win the Super Bowl. Who's going to beat us if we beat the Eagles, we beat the Chiefs, we beat the Cowboys? We're not going to lose any of those games at the tail end of the season. The Dolphins can't beat anyone good. I truly believe the AFC is wide open. Joe Brady called a safe game, but he called a really good game. And I'm not afraid of the Eagles. If you take away the brotherly shove, Jalen Hurts is very pedestrian in my eyes. All of his scores are rushing touchdowns. I'm really not afraid of the Eagles. They've got a good defense. I think we're better. All right. Thanks, Dan. Um, I mean, I, I do like the thought, and I've said this before, if the Bills go on a run here and they make it, they've probably beaten teams that are going to make us re-believe that they can win the Super Bowl. Because they would have had, had they would have had to beat Kansas City and either Philly or Dallas, maybe the Chargers. Like they'll, they'll have to beat some good teams. Chargers, by the way, I'll get to them in Tuesday tiers. They have lost an in, in historic amount of one score games lately. It's unbelievable. Um, and by the way, so I agree with you, Dan. On on, on like if they make go on this run, well, faith will be restored. It does not matter at all who wins between the Broncos and the Bills. Or, excuse me, the Broncos and the Browns on Sunday. New York Times playoff machine. Browns win. Doesn't change the Bills' odds. Broncos win. Exact same. It's 26% either way. And that's before you would put a Bills win in. um, If you want to do that. So, guess it doesn't matter. Alright, so I'll go and feel that. I'm rooting for the Browns. They're seven and three already. Let's just avoid Denver throwing their hat in the ring and another team to worry about, and another team to worry about that has the tiebreaker over you. So, given that the uh, sorry tie goes to the team that hasn't beaten the Bills, so I think you want the Browns to beat the Broncos on Sunday. AFC Tuesday tiers. More on the rest of the conference when we come back. Where will the Bills end up? Stay tuned. This is WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.